All right. Welcome to episode 17 of the RT Podcast. I'm not going to BS you at all. I really haven't been feeling very well the last week or so. Uh, I had the flu, so I haven't really been terribly productive. I had some plans for this episode, but I guess it's going to just have to wait a little bit longer. Instead, I'm gonna, uh, I decided to... No, it's not a repeat, but it's a um, it's a flashback to the previous podcast I had, Guys with Cancer. Here's an episode, episode number four. I promise my former podcast partner that I would keep these episodes alive somewhere. But anyway, this is episode four I with a guy named Matt Newman, fellow brain tumor guy, slash kind of a motivational speaker, I guess. He wrote a book, still find it starting at the finish line, thus the name of this particular episode. Anyway, uh, this being the Christmas episode, I hope you guys all have a pleasant holiday season, and I should be back next week with another episode, and uh, let me tell you, it's it's a complicated one. It's one I've been actually been working on for a while, um, but I wanted to have it in the number 18 slot for assorted reasons. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this, and talk to you next week. Welcome to the Random Redux Review Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Guys with Cancer, the podcast you never knew you needed. As always, we're hosted by the brilliant and wise with age, Rudy, that's me. And then there's also the younger and sassier, Jeff Nerman. He's the guy with leukemia. He's about to say hello. Well, this time I got in a sassier. Usually I just get on and I'm younger and less, less intelligent, so... I guess I'm moving on. <laughs> well, well, I'm not I, disagreeing with any of that. I just... You may be sassier, but I'm sexier. I'm, as everybody knows, as I am the sexiest brain cancer guy on the internet. So that, yeah, that is um, true. Although our our guest, we have our first guest on this particular episode. Matt Newman might disagree with me. He's in pretty good <laughs> shape himself. Could you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself? He is an author. Speaker, a motivational speaker, has done a TEDx talk, and also, not to bury the lead, has endured a brain cancer himself, similar to mine. He is also a diffuse astrocytoma, but he's doing pretty well these days. Matt, you want to tell us a little about yourself? I was actually diagnosed with brain cancer in May of 2013, and leading up to that, I was in the financial services industry, so I had been... Uh, what's called a wholesaler in the financial services. And I grew up in the house of a financial advisor. My brother's an advisor. My dad's an advisor. There's certain things that are that are put into our stomachs at young ages that we don't really understand. And as we get older, we look back on things and they start to make more sense. And the basics of financial planning was always being there when things are bad, having a plan in place prior to the negative. It's more about having a better understanding that you can take on the fight at hand. You understand that we're not all, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns in life. If you now have to decimate the fact that, oh my God, I didn't plan for my family. What are they going to do? How's my wife going to make money? How are my kids going to go to school? How are they going to keep the house? What you're doing is you're creating this downward spiral of negativity. What we can do is by the basics of planning, which has absolutely nothing to do with the amount of money that you have. It has nothing to do with how much money you make in your job. It's putting basic things in place so that when negative things happen, you can focus on that fight 
and put all your energy towards that and go after it because you know you don't have to worry about certain other things and you avoid something which I think is unbelievably unavoidable in this situation, which is regret and resentment. If you could avoid that, you could take on the, the fight at hand. And the reality is cancer may take us physically. It'll never take us spiritually. But it also should never define our legacies. We own our legacies. And the legacies we want to leave are that we did everything for our families and we fought with everything that we had. My first reaction, the thing is I, I was actually diagnosed around the same time you were. You said May 2013. I was diagnosed in June, July 2013. But my reaction... Oh, wow. Yeah, my reaction to what you said was, "Why? how come I didn't meet you in 2013? My life would have been a lot better. It's also good to know that it's not really about how much money you have. Jeff, I'll tell you on, on your comment there, you hear people say, oh, it's all about money. It's not. It's about perspective. And it's about having something in place. And I always say that the job of a financial advisor, and I'm not a financial advisor, the job of a financial advisor is only to be there when things are bad. It's not about how much money you're giving to someone. It's having a plan. But let me give you some stupid points on this. How many of us have our power of attorney done? That if something happens to us, we've given the rights of who can make the proper decisions for our family. What about the basics of a will? What about people who don't do their wills? What happens to their money? They deal with probate. They deal with all other kinds of things that they're causing issues during a difficult time that were easily avoidable. There's little things that... We have to learn, and frankly, the U.S. school system should change, the education system, they should change the way they do things. There should be classes on this type of stuff. But because there's not, people always hold this despair because they think, I should have. People want what they can't get. They want life insurance when they can't get it. They want long-term care when they can't get it. They want some type of a financial plan when they're going through a storm and they need help. Our job is to help people have a better understanding that we're on that journey with you. We're a family of cancer warriors. There's no just me. We're together. We're all in this. No one's alone on their path. But if we can help people have the understanding to have something in place, they can focus on that fight instead of getting hit with this negativity and anger for not doing basic things that they should have because they weren't educated in it or didn't know about it. I think it's just one of the great reasons to have you on the show today because I think that this is one of the things that in particular, I don't want to gender stereotype, lots of men still are, are the, if not the primary breadwinner, obviously they're making a, a substantial contribution and when something like cancer strikes them, I think the, the next thing is, is, is terror strikes them. And so I think it's really wonderful to have your insight and perspective on this. Well, well I'll, I'll give you some, some thoughts on that because we also learn the most basic lessons in life at the deepest and darkest of times. Every one of us who's been through something that we've, something similar to what we've been through, they look at life differently and every one of us, and you can admit it or not, has said, why the hell didn't I think this way prior? That makes that sense. Like hugging my children more, not bringing the phone to the dinner table and looking through their eyes and giving them memories and being there for them, and appreciating the now, living in the moment. Every one of us did things that was all about work and being on the phone and messaging and all this. And what we realized is we were living in yesterday, looking back, and we're thinking about tomorrow. But those of us who have been through something difficult, we realized this is our time. This, this is my moment. We own this talk that we're having. This is ours right now. And that's something real, and that's something pure. And the less we have to worry about for our families – going through these difficult times, the more we could focus on the issue at hand instead of falling down these negative downward spirals. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say I can't because I had a little bit of personal experience with that. Like you were saying before, Jeff, I mean, I'm just getting to the point now where I'm considering going back to work and stuff and getting physically strong enough just because my particular treatment has been particularly rough over the last year. Largely been uh, living on my wife's income, and who knows? I mean, I may have gotten a lot worse very quickly at any point over the last year, and then what would happen? I mean... 18 months ago, it's like the idea of going through something like this was like kind of like the furthest thing from my mind. I, I just didn't, even though I was well into my 40s, I saw the mindset of being invincible. You know, your body might be a certain age, but I think a lot of, for a lot of people, sometimes their minds still think, think of themselves as like an 18 or 19 year old, especially for, for, I guess, kind of the personality type that I am. But what you're saying also too about teaching basic financial financial knowledge in school is something. I mean, it's never too late to learn, obviously. I think society in general has just become much more complicated and specialized. People are falling farther and farther behind because if you don't have, like you're saying, the basics to understand some of these important choices that one can make, then it, it just exacerbates the problem right. and most people still i believe as i saw like still don't go to college not that you, you know, no 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 anything. no i'm saying that I, i'm agreeing i'm saying that's my point yes. like, we should be doing this for everybody it doesn't matter no no, no I, but i'm saying but i'm saying yes yeah, so that, that's most people right there but even people go to college i think you know when i when i read things and i'm sure you're much more aware of the relevant data math than i but college too it's not like you learn, generally speaking, that much that's practical. Not, not, nothing, nothing is practicality, Jeff. Nothing. <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 <laughs> you're I, you're I, being I, really nice there, like nothing. Well, because we have you know large, large uh, portion of our audience base, professors and, and higher ed administrators. If you really think about it, is the person who really doesn't know about what you said with the 401k, who doesn't know about the basics of insurance, and you can get it very very, very low cost in certain things, in certain types of term insurance and other things like that. If they don't have confidence in their beliefs or they're not 100% sure, they're kind of winging it. And I don't blame them for that. I blame us for not having some component that could educate them. Most cases, you call the HR department at your company. They just send you a brochure. There's nobody there to walk you through it. And I know some extremely successful people who are surgeons, doctors, lawyers, actors, athletes, they have no idea what they're doing with their money. That, that's a problem. Whether you have cancer or not. Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And now add that to it. Now you've got a serious problem. So I want to kind of segue into your book, starting at the finish line, and tie in how these two things are all related, because I know that the, the book is one of those things you never really intended much to happen with. But this was kind of like the premise and the, the story behind the story, so to speak. Yeah, so when I went through what I had to go through, when I came back home and, uh, you know, I went through a craniotomy and, you know, my tumor removed, when I came home, I would all of a sudden start to alleviate my fear and anxiety through writing. Writing actually ended up becoming my catharsis. I, I was never a writer before. I never sat down to write anything. And I never sat down to write anything going through this when. When something would trigger something, I would grab a pen, I would grab a keyboard, I would write my perspective, my understanding of life, the new, the new vision in life that I was seeing, the way I was seeing clarity. 
I was understanding things differently. I'm almost being given a gift by cancer that I'm going to take and I'm not going to let it have it back. And I would send these emails out, friends, family, clients, and I can tell you I never read one after I send it. It was kind of like throwing up. I got it out of my system. That became my way of dealing with this. So I would write these messages when I was going for MRIs, doctor's appointments. I never once, like I said earlier, sat down and said, hey, let's write something. Four years into it, I had 20,000 people following my emails, and I was doing no social media. Every day I would get, hey, Matt, could you put my brother on that? He's been through cancer. Hey, Matt, could you put this guy on? He's a buddy of mine. I know he's been through cancer. And when I started to understand that cancer was like buying a car, did you ever notice you buy a car, you leave the lot, and all of a sudden you see that car is everywhere? Well, the reality is that car was always there. You just never noticed it until you had a connection. And I realized that cancer affected everybody in some way or another. So as I was getting to my four-year anniversary and going through all these things, I started to write my book because it was cathartic for me. It made me feel good to write it. It helped me alleviate that stress and anxiety that I was pushing down into my belly in places that I would try not to deal with it. So I wrote the book 100% for myself. I did it by myself. And I did it just on my story and my perspective on life. And the way things happened to me and to my father-in-law, who was going through pancreatic cancer and other things. And I remember that the book came out on March 23rd, 2018 on Amazon. And I called my mother up in North Jersey as a teacher. I said, hey, Mom, book's coming out today. And I'm going to tell you what she said word for word over the phone to me. She goes, you know no one's going to buy it, right? I go, oh, God, no. <laughs> gives a crap about me. She goes, you're going to put three copies in your safe. And when your kids are old enough, They'll be able to read it and see what really happened. I said, I totally agree with you. And one week later, we were number one in a multitude of different categories on Amazon and sales. And what it made me understand is that people are attracted to honesty. People are attracted to realness. They want to hear about journeys that they're on and know they're not alone on it. My catharsis became talking about it and writing. And then I started giving speeches at bigger and bigger and bigger venues all over the country because people wanted that. They wanted to know, I understand it. I've been there. I'm not alone. And even though I did it for my catharsis, it's beyond humbling to know that people are reading that all over the world now and they're sharing it. And we're talking a lot about financial planning. So I get asked all the time, Matt, this is an unbelievable book on the need for financial planning. It's, it, it's reasons to do protection and life insurance and all this. I'm going to tell you guys something, and I have no problem sharing this with your audience. I can honestly tell you financial planning had absolutely nothing to do with me writing this book. I was just sharing my story. And if that's how people perceive it, and it helps people do good things to be, have some preparation in advance of the bad, phenomenal. But I'm going to give you my analogy I share with people. Do you ever hear that couple and they get married and they pick their wedding song and someone goes and talks to them and says, tell me about that song. They go, oh my God, it's like it was written for us. We listen to it every day. We sing it. It's literally a microcosm of our life. That song could not be better for our wedding. And then they go and interview the guy who wrote the song. And they go, so tell me what made you write that song. He goes, well, one day I wrote about my dog playing in the backyard. (laughs) it had nothing to do with what those people thought. But if that's the way they perceived it and it helped them, phenomenal. That's the way I look at my book. And that's kind of where we, I think we, well, Jeff and I, I mean, Jeff, he's a pretty active blogger and um, 
you know, him sharing him sto- his story, I reached out to him and then kind of just became friends. And it's really just, you know, I think a lot of people run in the same sort of social media circles as us are just people who, like yourself, like to share your story because I think that's a huge element of dealing with any type of cancer or other serious ailment that's going on in your life or any sort of difficulty is just talking about it. It makes, I think, especially for, for guys, a little bit harder or less common, I should say, probably a better way to do it in terms of just making the road a little bit easier for everybody else just because I know Jeff is really big into the idea that, I mean, cancer can be a very lonely journey um, just yeah. because nobody really understands until you've actually experienced yourself all the little things that happen and all the the little battles that happen, whether it's going through chemo and just getting through that or not letting whatever dictate in your life. I mean, both Matt, both you and I have diffuse astrocytoma. I mean, they can remove it completely, but there's there is always that possibility that it could come back someday. And That's you right. can't let that exactly right. You can't you can't let that dictate how you live your life. Alluding back to what you're saying before, it's like I know it's made me much more appreciative of the moments. Like for instance, yesterday on Instagram, my wife, I didn't know she had taken a picture of me. I was just walking with my kid my kids, they're five and three, and I was just holding their hands, taking them to swim practice and it's it made me a little emotional when I said when I saw it. You know, my pants were a little saggy. I'd say like two or three years ago, I mean, I would have I would have liked it and thought it was a nice moment caught or whatever, but it wouldn't have impacted me in quite the same way of really appreciating that moment of... You're ahead. living in the now. You're living mm-hmm. in the now. You're understanding that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen three weeks from now. You talked about the cancer growing back, the negativity, but you shouldn't have to go through these awful times to learn the basic of, I own this moment. Right. This moment holding my daughter's hand, walking her into school. I don't care what's going to happen a half hour from now. I don't care what happened yesterday. This is our moment. And I have no problem explaining that I wish I understood that better. And it wasn't cancer that had to help me understand that. Yeah, that actually uh, leads nicely into kind of what I wanted to get into, which is a mindset. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've been asked many times, and it's interesting. So with the lessons that you've learned, with the perspective that you've taken on, with the amount of people you've been able to touch and reach and, 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 and what you've done, things happen for a reason. Are, you believe that? I go, yes, I do think things happen for a reason. I didn't. I used to believe in irony before I got sick, and I changed my perspective on that. I'm open to change, like I mentioned. I get all the time. So in a way, you're glad this happened. And I look people in the face and go, what are you, f***ing crazy? No, I'm not glad this happened. This is f***ing horrible. I had three little kids. I had all this horrible stuff going on. But there's two things that could have happened. I could have allowed it to be cancer's journey that I'm along with. Or it could have been my journey that cancer just happens to come along with me on. That's what I took advantage of. But if I had to do it again, I didn't want it to happen. I'm just going to take whatever I can take from it and take the lessons, take the understanding, take the inspiration that comes along with it and make it my own. I think when you look at this as a, a, a big picture type of thing, it's really what we learn is what strength is. Strength not the size of your arms. Strength not how much you bench press. Strength is something that's located deep down in our bellies and at the deepest and darkest of times. We can find it, we can grab it, we can own it, and we can make it ours. And then we really look differently at what strength really is. 
And strength is sometimes what I see of emaciated people who have limited time left, who are ringing that gong in a radiation room because it's their moment. That's strength. Now, everything you, you said, is, is it, it's a good lesson, I think, for me because – I often let cancer take me on the journey instead of, as you're saying, the, the reverse. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, feel that way. And it's it's really, yeah. it's helpful to have somebody who does not have that defeatist attitude. I'm reminded of my friend, Paul Moran, who's had a number of different type, type, types of cancer. He's really into meditation and stuff and he was part in a support group and he told me the story of everybody raise your hand if you or everyone who hates cancer raise your hand and he didn't raise his hand and people asked him why he's like i don't hate cancer i mean i don't like what it does to me physically i don't like the thoughts it puts in my head but it, it gave me the opportunity to leave a job that i didn't really like it introduced me to new people who i know really care about me and made me appreciate moments in life and made me understand that I am not defined by cancer. I am, like you, right. like you're saying, cancer is along for the ride, and you're still you're still a human, even if you're going through a horrible ailment, and you still have some control over who you are, what you thought, uh, what you think, your daily experience, and how you enjoy life. And I think that's one of the things that I really like. And I think it's important for people to not let the cancer become their identity. I mean, it might be a Big part of their oh, life. I agree with that. So tell us, you know, the, na- the title of your book and where people can get it. So it's called Starting at the Finish Line, which I think is a very fitting title for a lot of what we've talked about right now. Starting at the Finish Line, you I like can it. go on my, <laughs> you can go on my website. It's Matthew M A T T H E W S is in Stephen Newman N E W M A N dot com Matthew S Newman dot com. You can go on Amazon. You can go on Barnes & Noble, you can go on BookReads, you can go on Goodreads, you can go on any, any of the websites it's available on. Uh, Amazon's usually the easiest way to get it, especially if you have Amazon Prime. You can get it in Kindle, and it's, it's very simple. Or you can go to my website, which will just direct you to Amazon. But my website, will you'll see my TED Talks, you'll see interviews on ESPN, you'll see podcasts, you'll see all kinds of stuff that I do that I allow it to follow me. You'll see blogs as well, too, on my perspective. You're also on social media, too. Where can people find you on some of those avenues? On Instagram, it's starting at the finish line, just like the name of the book. On Twitter, uh, it's finish line underscore Matt. I also have a Facebook page, which is starting at the finish line. And believe it or not, we do a lot on LinkedIn as well, too. And uh, I would just type in Matthew Newman. Well, I'm I'm really thrilled that Matt is our first guests and and my only disappointment about that is i think it's going to be hard for us to find guests on a par with him hopefully we may have to edit this out so people aren't discouraged from listening to future podcasts <laughs> oh don't don't I, worry I, don't don't worry i have big plans so oh, okay. <laughs> well it's gonna to be tough to top matt i appreciate it thank you guys for having me and any chance we get to let other people know and i know i've said it repeatedly and i don't want to be redundant but we're a family of warriors and nobody's alone on their path and the more they can hear things, the more we can incite inspiration into people to let them know that there's a group of us, not just me.